and then just turn, walk away. The road is right there. Did she get into a car, drive off, leaving her children behind? The father is dead. I look at Sophie. He's dead. Do you remember that terrorist attack in Brazil last year? He was there, Ed Cole. Apparently they ran some kind of consultancy business together. He and Selina. Pretty successful by all accounts. They were at a conference when it was hit. She survived, he didn't. God. I know, those poor kids. Sophie says it abstractly, like it is a story she has read. I study her for a second, decide that she doesn't have kids. I look back at the house, think of the weight resting on Selina, the grief. Was that it? She was her girl's world, their security, their sanctuary. But a support beam can only hold so much weight. Did Selina collapse in on herself, her knees buckling from the pressure of it all? I glance at Sophie. We need to get the word out. We may be looking for a body. She nods slowly. Suicide. I stand where Selina stood, reach out my fingers, touch the chain of the swing that she touched. Imagine that I can hear the belly laugh of a little girl, the flip-flopping footsteps of another. Selina, what have you done? I pull my coat tighter around me. The rain has finally decided to put some effort in, large drops softly plunking against the swing in an easy rhythm. Even though it is early in the day, the sky is the colour of battleships. I need to speak to Heather and Tara. The lights are on in the house, all of them it seems. The wide-eyed bay windows gaze outwards, spilling an orange glow into the small walled garden. I can see the children inside, bundled together, still wearing their coats, and buried so deep inside the cushions on the sofa that it is hard to distinguish them from it. The elder holds the younger within her arms, her long biscuit-blonde hair spilling over her like a shawl. Her lips are moving and I study her, trying to make out what it is she says. Then her face is transposed with that of my Georgia, and suddenly I realise that she is singing, her mouth shaping the words to let it go. Tears prick at my eyes. I think of Georgia, spinning around the kitchen, a clumsy pirouette, singing the Frozen song loudly and keylessly. But it's not Georgia. I shake my head, a sharp, hard movement that makes Sophie look at me, curious. It is not Georgia, but Heather Cole, seven years old, cradling her sister, Tara Cole, three years old, and their mother has vanished. Shall we? Sophie gestures to the door. I nod. The house is warm, uncomfortably so after the chill of the outside. The hallway wide, autumnal Victorian floor tiles, giving way to hard wood trim. The walls a deep, luscious red. I cannot help but feel that this is what it must be like to stand inside the ventricle of a heart. There is a strip of pictures in heavy iron frames. Heather and Tara, two slender blonde girls, their heads together, smiles all but identical. Heather and Tara again, but this time they hang off a woman, late thirties, her hair dark, cut into a chin-length bob so that it swings, trailing across her lips. I stand transfixed by the image of Selina Cole, 
I wouldn't call her beautiful, rather striking, with her large eyes, her full lips, her slightly uneven features. I stare at her, wondering where it is that she has gone. There is another picture, a third to complete the triptych, Heather and Tara and Selina, with a man. Ed Cole, I presume. I breathe in, inhaling the loss this family has had to bear. He is handsome in an offhand kind of way, broad and rugged, a nose that looks like it has been broken once or even twice. His head shaved, lower face swathed in a beard, light veering to red. There is a sparkle to him, so much life that it seems impossible he could be dead. I find myself thinking of Alex. We have a photo on our mantelpiece, the four of us, knotted together, Georgia on my lap, Tess on...